Shannon. And I'm Rami. And this is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read or learned to help us all expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree. I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited about the next episode. So we're kind of doing two bigger episodes, bigger episodes in that they're spanning our careers, not bigger in that they're longer. The first one is about, so they're both about things we did in our 10 years of working so far. First one is things we're glad we did. And then the next episode, which I'm going to call kind of like the, the other end of this book is the top 10 things, the top, the top mistakes we made in our first 10 years working, which is also fun. The weirdest part of all that is I don't feel like I've been working for 10 years. Well, and I've, I've technically been working for longer than that, but I just picked 10 years as an arbitrary number. No, I think that that's fair. It just feels weird. Like when you think about, you've been working for what, 37 years now? Yes, 37. Yep. Thanks for remembering my anniversary, by the way. 12, 12 <laughs> years or 10 years or 11 years or whatever it is. It it feels longer than the amount of time that that I've actually worked. Like when I sit down and look at years, and you and I did this the other day when we were mapping out uh, episode 100. Yeah. It was like, oh, that was that was actually 10 years ago. Yeah, we've known each other for 10 years. Holy smokes. Which is insane to me. It, it just insane. makes me feel... I always feel like I'm younger than I am. I'm like, oh, the 90s weren't that long ago. And you're like, nah, man. The 90s... Anybody born even at the end of the 90s is an old person now. Yeah. I remember, for me, when I started coaching at 30... Being like, I'm too young to be doing this. And then now I've reached this point where I'm like, I'm all of a sudden too old. Like, where, not to coach, but like, I'm just like, I'm too old for a lot of things now. And I'm like, what, what, what was the space in between? Where did that go? So anyways, yeah. Today we're talking about top 10 things we're glad, or not top 10. Top things. Top yeah. things we're glad we did in the first 10 years of our career. Okay. I think I have the first tip here. Uh, tip, tips may be a strong word. First bit of reflection. I am really glad in the first 10 years that I acted like I was broke. This isn't like career related per se. This is more life related, but very connected to my career. Um, essentially, I think there will be no better. There was no better time for me to act like I was broke than when I first graduated college. And I was used to living poorly, cheaply, you know. So that enabled me to pay off my student loans, my husband's student loans, max out our retirement. Basically, I acted like I never got a raise in the first 10 years of my career. And every time that I did, I took all that extra money and I used it as like a snowball to work more on our debt or make sure that we were maxing out of our retirement contributions. Yeah, it was really mother effing hard to do it that way. We didn't take a honeymoon until we had been married for five years. But at 35 now, I'm really glad I did it that way. Like, I don't think I would have been able to change careers and like start entrepreneurship if I hadn't done that. Uh, there's a lot of things that acting like I was broke has now made possible. Yeah, I'm going to double down on that and say, I think the biggest thing is as you get pay increases yep. to not let your quality of life creep happen. Yes. yes. Because inevitably you may have a pay decrease at some point. Like not a company is going to choose to pay you less, but that you may lose your job or something else. And as long as you don't let your quality of life creep, keep increasing in that like, oh, I do this and I pay for this and I pay for this and I do this and I pay for this. 
then it becomes much more manageable in the lows. Yes. And in those highs, all you're doing is helping accelerate towards your future, right? If you're maxing out your retirement, if you're putting all your money away, then it's easy to Shannon's point, right? Like for her to make a switch in her career to go unpaid, I assume, for a little bit of time when yep. you shifted into um, your current role. Yep. And so I really like that as a piece of advice. Rami, what's your first piece of advice? So when I graduated, and I think we've talked about this before, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I initially wanted to be a doctor. That was not going to happen because I don't like touching people. <laughs> Have we not talked about this? We, we did. It's just funny when you say it that way because I don't like touching people. P.S. Like, Robbie is a hugger, though. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Now I am. I think I, would be, I think I would be excellent now. I think back then I was like, this is not happening. Okay. Um, I worked with a career coach and a mentor to figure that out, and I'm really freaking glad that I did because it helped me realize a lot more things about myself, and it made me super, super self-aware of what I need to succeed and has helped me push for that throughout my career. And having that at the beginning was almost like a cheat code. It felt like unfair to have that right away to be like, okay, here's what I need. I need places where I can develop relationships. I need, I need a lot of, I need a lot of problems because I love finding solutions. And like, those are the core pieces of what I need in my job. And to have that from the beginning, it felt like I got a cheat code and uh, I did. And I'm really thankful and grateful for that. And so I think if you are in that space, like find someone I don't, I don't, I, I'm not currently talking to anyone who could help people with that, like <laughs> Shannon, but find someone like that to like help you I, figure out w- what is important for you to be successful and to be happy and, and let that drive you. And having gotten that at the beginning was a, a boon to me. And even if you don't get it at the beginning, if you get it, it's 10 years in, it's still great to know what you need in your space to succeed and, and, and make you happy within those spaces. Yeah, I did not know where you're going with that at first. And I love this phrase of like the cheat code. Cause as you were talking, I was like, shit, yeah, I did not get that cheat code. I have I figured that out when I worked with my first coach when I quit Target 10 years later <laughs> with the cheat code. So that's an awesome way to think about it. Thinking about it as a cheat code. Okay, and then my next I just feel weird calling them advice in this episode because I don't want it to come across this way. These are our reflections. You might have a different experience. But my next reflection on the first 10 years of my career is similar to yours in that I'm glad that I sought out mentors, though I will say that this was a bit of a double-edged sword for me. Overall, I'm really grateful that I was not shy about asking people for feedback and perspective and insight and taking it to heart and leveraging it to keep advancing myself and, and ultimately my career. I think that's why I was able to like skyrocket or I don't know, like expand my, my income, whatever, as fast as I was. Mm -hmm. But I wish I would have also done that with some dose of my own wisdom too. That's the only like caveat I would put on this, you know, like I, I blindly followed my mentors all the time and that's a good thing. They helped me a lot. There are a lot of the reason why I'm, you know, debt free now and all that shit. And also don't forget about the wisdom of yourself. And if you need help thinking about how to find a mentor, go back to episode 15. We did a whole episode on how to find a mentor. If that's a piece of advice you want to action for yourself. Rami, what's your next tip? Advice, reflection. Advice, reflection. (laughs) Let's go with reflection. 
I'm so happy I started at a big company. I'm so happy about that for so many reasons. I was talking to someone the other day at a startup and they were saying, we need to hire someone in ops. What should I be looking for? Like I want to hire someone from a startup. And I said, do not hire someone from a startup. Hire someone that came from a big company. Because the things that I got were I understood how to write and timeliness to emails. So much of work is emails. I did not know that before I started working. And that was a really quick uh, training on that, on calendar, on schedules, on managing agendas, how to build decks, which we recently talked about. Just learning how to work, like understanding process, understanding like how to dress yourself for work every day yes. and like how to balance your time so that you can get in, eat lunch, leave, and then have time for dinner and whatever else you want. Like just the big company was really good in helping me build a very strong foundation in just understanding how to work. Yeah, I'm really glad you bring this up because I think this is a thing that I, everything is double-edged sword, right? But like, I think this is a thing that I kind of will like poo-poo or shun away of my own experience. But at the end of the day, yeah, I'm really glad I worked for, God, I don't know, like probably four different Fortune 500s. Like they all made you into the person that you are today, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's a good thing to learn how to work. So you don't have to figure out things the hard way all the time because they have systems down for things like that. Nice. Yes. Uh, my final piece of reflection is that I'm glad I gave myself permission to change my mind. So yeah, I'm glad I worked at those big companies. And also, I'm glad I gave myself permission to make a change. So my career has been really windy in a way that used to cause me a lot of shame. God, are we talking about shame in this episode? Shit, I just went there. I started out with a business to business sales degree thinking that I wanted to like bust down glass ceilings, you know, in like industrial work environments. Sorry, were you planning to sell businesses? What is a business to business degree? So business to business sales degree. So you know how like, uh, there's like B2B and B2C. Yes. So being more in the B2B realm where like you're a business selling into other businesses instead of trying to sell to consumers. Got it. So, there was also like medical sales degrees. Like they had different paths as a, those are so specific. I didn't realize that Yeah, I didn't get a business degree. Obviously I should know that my degrees in cellular molecular biology. That's pretty specific. <laughs> okay. Whatever. I get it now. Yeah. So I think I, I went to an all women's university and I think I had this fantasy of like, I'm going to bust glass ceilings for women everywhere. And, and I worked in like super, like I worked in industrial environments, like selling into just like very male dominated environments. And that was hell on earth. So I'm glad I gave myself permission to shift. And I went to Target and I sold like pink and purple bedding and figured that out for a while. And then I shifted again to coaching. And while again, I used to look back at that windy career path with a lot of shame, I think now for me, I'm really glad that it happened that way. I don't think I would be half as good at transition coaching if I hadn't been through all those transitions that I'd been through. And at the end of the day, I think like, I think a lot about integrity as a word and integrity is worth absolutely nothing if you're keeping it to everybody but yourself, you know? And so like, if you're, you know, trying to stay in a job or a career for somebody else, like you don't, I'm just going to be really bold. You don't have fucking integrity. (laughs) 
That's not an integrity filled move. You might think like, oh, but I'm, I'm being a person of my word. I'm committing to a job. Like we hear about these magical, like two year mark things, right? I did that to myself when I was in industrial sales. I made myself stick it out for two years. That's not fucking integrity. Like reconsider that a little bit. You've got to honor what I'll say to clients sometimes is like, you have to learn to honor the tick of your own hort of, of hort. <laughs> <laughs> the tick of your own heart more than the talk of any external clock. Like, can you hear it enough? Can you tune in enough to what it is inside versus feeling some sort of pressure from the outside that you've got to do something a certain way? Man, I want to rant there. Rami, what you got? <laughs> I just want to say that's a good uh, segue into throwing back to episode 46, which was all about that with Michelle Obama and career swerves. Oh, yeah. I liked that episode. So if, you, if that's how you're feeling, swing back to 46 and take it in. Uh, my last one is kind of the opposite of my previous one, is that I really like working in small, scrappy companies. It helped me break a lot of the big company things that I got too comfortable with. A lot of that was like really set hours, which don't exist in a small startup process. Don't doesn't exist in a, <laughs> a startup. The support teams don't exist, right? Like I always used to joke that if I couldn't see someone, then they didn't exist and I couldn't get any support from them. Mm. Like that's how small the scrappy and scrappy startups were. It was like, if I can't see John, he's not here and I'm not going to get any help from him. And if I can't see the sales team, like they're not going to help me. Mm. I used to like lean over the ledge and like look down for the sales team. If they weren't there, I was like, they're not going to be like, I just can't get any support from them. And like having to shift into becoming way more efficient. There's a, there's never, there's always more work to do in startups. And we always talked about how the forest is on fire and you just have to pick and choose which parts are worth saving at which point because you can't put the whole thing out mm. and so you just got to pick which fires you want to put out and be happy with that and just deal with the rest at some other point hope the whole thing doesn't burn down at some point so i liked getting both types of work experience which has made me figure out what the right balance is for myself and then also how to kind of take the best of both worlds and apply them to each type of organization when i'm in those which i think has been really fun yeah I love that. I love your career path. Okay, let's see if we can sum this one up. Top things we're glad we did in the first 10 years of our career. One, acted like I was broke. Two, working with a coach or mentor early on to figure out what you really want to do. Cheat codes. Cheat codes. Yes, cheat codes. I love that phrase. Three, seeking out mentors. Four, working at big companies to understand the big picture, big processes, systems, machines that they are. Uh, five, giving yourself permission to change your mind. And six, working in small scrappy companies to break a lot of the big company things in a little bit. I love it. So next week, we'll talk about the our biggest mistakes we made in the first 10 years of career. So get excited for that. But we'd love to hear any advice you guys have from the beginning of your careers that you wish you could uh, have done earlier or give to other people. Mm -hmm. We love free advice. We'll take it. We'll pay you a penny for it. Penny for your thoughts. We that... we won't really, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon with the asterisks and disclaimer. We will not actually be giving anyone any money. Yeah. <laughs> so hit us up on Workplace Hugs on Instagram with any advice you got. We'd love to hear it. We'll pass it along. 
Uh, and with that, I've been Rami. I've been Shannon, and this has been Workplace Hugs. Mm-hmm.